Hello, hello. Welcome to the Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast in love with all the subgenres of horror. I am one of your hosts, Devon Taylor. I got Garrett McDowell with me, as always. Hello, hello. Love is in the air, Devon, but I need to know before we can possibly continue, how are you doing after such a, a brutal, heartbreaking <laughs> loss yesterday? Are you doing okay? You hanging in there? I was going to say, this this episode I think is going to put me back into the loving mood because it has definitely been a morning of heartbreak after me and M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, lost in the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a great game, though. Like, I mean, I, I can't complain. You know, it was a great game. We had the we had the right game plan for the first half. They made the adjustments in the second half, and you know, then then they came out on top. I mean, yeah, there's some fuzzy calls there here and there, but I don't I don't like to blame the refs for the outcomes of games. Yeah, the uh, slippery field and and everything. It was uh, still good time uh, with uh, good fun people, but uh, I'm excited to uh, to be here talking about all the love and horror. Yes, because um, uh, again, we choose a you know we do a different month or theme every month, and we chose to you know tackle Shyamalan's films. But it has been a couple years uh, since we kind of did our month dedicated to horror romances. And and when I look back on uh, the past year schedule, we didn't really have too many romantic flicks. I mean, we had like Bones and all and Christine, but that's kind of about it. We really didn't have too much lovey dovey stuff going on this uh, past year. And Christine, uh, just to clarify, is not between like any of the humans. It's a guy that wants to fuck his car. Just to clarify, hey, still romance. <laughs> there, there's still there, there's uh, some some weird romance going on in there. Uh, but yeah, so so for our uh, for Valentine's Day because it will be uh, on a Tuesday. We always drop on Tuesdays. So um, I wanted to do a little Valentine's special and uh, show some love to some of our favorite. Uh, couples in horror uh, but before we get into that I kind of had an interesting question to ask you because you know um, I would say like you know making a general statement uh, rom-coms aren't always for everybody uh, actions kind of aren't always for everybody you know they kind of lean towards the guys rom-coms sometimes lead toward the gals but I mean I feel like horror is the perfect medium as far as like the romantic subgenre because you know you can still have a nice uh a gruesome love story but then of course the experience of you know watching a, a horror movie with a loved one i think as an experience it works out quite well as far as being like movies that explore romance i think that's something that unfortunately for our heroes doesn't always work out for them one of them usually ends up dying so you know, uh, it's not quite as uh, this kind of happily ever after sort of genre, but I do feel that horror ha is a genre that I'm, you know, we've talked about a lot. I'm very proud to be a fan of because I feel like it is, you know, uh, inclusive on both sides. Uh, I feel like men, women and anybody in between is able to enjoy these movies. I don't feel like they're they're exclusive really uh, in, in that regard, especially um, in today's day and age. But poo-poo uh, uh, to anyone who can't enjoy a good rom-com. Are you kidding me? Rom-coms, when done well, are some of the best. Some of my all-time favorite movies are rom-coms, rom so big fan of those over here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of rom-coms, too. Again, I was you know speaking the the big general terms, uh, making sweeping statements there, but, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I feel like even in horror, like, we still haven't gotten, like, I mean, we've gotten, like, Usually any rom-com elements that we get in a horror movie are usually to like kind of throw you off a little bit because uh, I really liked how, you know, uh, Fresh uh, this past year or um, or Barbarian 
or uh, Run Sweetheart Run, uh, all kind of like used a lot of rom-com tropes to kind of throw you off uh, a little bit with these horror films. So, uh, you know, they're they're working their way in there, but we haven't really had a true like real rom-com horror, I don't think. I would say that like the closest that is like the the center of the Venn diagram of all of those would probably be warm bodies. And I think it's because, you know, lots of horror romance is generally kind of in like the gothic area or like a thriller sort of area. And I think it's because Hollywood is already kind of nervous to make, you know, horror comedies because they don't see how those two genres can work very often, let alone like throwing another you know, sort of wrinkle into that another subgenre into the the subgenre salad. But I would say that, yeah, Warm Bodies is uh, definitely, I would say, a recent uh, example of that. Um, and then probably also what might, you know, factor into some of our conversations. I would be surprised if it didn't into yours, but I would say Happy Death Day also has some like horror comedy. And so it's not quite a rom-com, but there's some romance involved for sure. Yeah, I'd say in that one, the the romance definitely takes a back seat, and that's like maybe the fourth subgenre on the list in there. Um, I mean, the one that I could maybe think of as an interesting choice, but also another movie that's a lot of other things would be uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Uh, I know people yeah. might not think of it, but like what? Well, like when you do, like a lot of the the stuff that I mean that I care most about in that movie is uh, the 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 budding romance going on uh, in the background while all the uh, shenanigans and uh, meta commentary is happening. So, uh, it, you know, we, it, we're close in there for sure. But like you said, I think a lot of the horror romances you do uh, that we do see uh, have more of a tinge of tragedy to them. So, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. But I'm very excited to be talking about some of the uh, the romantic films that have uh, won our hearts, but more specifically, some of the romantic couples, because we have a we have like a little interesting, fun setup here rather than just like a general conversation. We, we've kind of broken it down into categories, which I think will make for a, an interesting, uh, interesting convo here. Yeah, I'm very excited to uh, get into our favorite couples in the realm of horror. And uh, yeah, I think breaking it up into these categories is nice. So that way we kind of have a nice, well-rounded picture of the different types of couples that you see Mm -hmm. uh, throughout horror. So let's go ahead and get into it. So I liked uh, this first one that you came up with, uh, the just kiss already category where, you know, you might have some tension behind characters. You got some will they, won't they going on. And uh, sometimes the romance is, you know, consecrated by the end. Sometimes it's not. Uh, So I'm intrigued to see where your head was at with this one. Yeah, this one was really like uh, we're we're shipping these two, you know, like this is one that for me, the just kiss already was something that we haven't seen the resolution. And maybe it was because the movie was, you know, a product of its time or for other reasons. Uh, But for one, um, I chose uh, the characters of Jesse Walsh and Ron Grady from A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, uh, a very famously uh, homosexual movie (laughs) that doesn't also know how gay it is. Um, you can see plenty of interviews with the filmmakers. There's been documentaries made. Uh, the cast is now well aware and really kind of revels in what this movie means for the queer community. But Jesse, Jesse and uh, Grady are two characters that have so much sexual tension between them, whether they're <laughs> like grab assing in the locker room or, you know, spending the night at uh, each other's house. There's also lots of 
uh, imagery in the film that has uh, deeper meaning into it. I actually wrote uh, a paper on this movie in college, uh, talking the assignment was to discuss a piece of media with like deeper themes and subtext, uh, and that was one for me that uh, really gravitated myself towards this movie. So I love how much attention this film has gotten in recent years, but for real, yeah, Jesse and Grady, just like just just get it over with just <laughs> kiss already you know <laughs> oh man i haven't watched this one actually in a very long time uh, especially since in the past few years with a lot more conversation about it and you know people talking about this subtext in it um so i so i don't have much to weigh in on their relationship because i really just kind of think of jesse and his plight throughout most of that movie but uh, on a rewatch i'm gonna have to definitely look out for um, their their kind of uh, tension going on and and, th- and that's kind of where I was leaning at first too I was like oh, do I go with something that's like you know uh, some like subtext uh, tension that we're feeling um, you know almost shows Herbert West and Dan Kane but we did like two episodes <laughs> uh, spending a lot of time talking about their relationship and tension um, right. so I went with another uh, one from a film that we did talk uh, uh, here on the podcast well you didn't but I did which would be uh, Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett from Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, the, the the horniness and thirst radiating from Mrs. Lovett, the entire movie is so entertaining. And it's, you know, these very uh, sad people. They both um, have had tragedies in their past with their past relationships. And, um, you know, Sweeney Todd uh, returns as, you know, just hell-bent on revenge. Uh, for his wife that, spoiler alert, he thinks is dead, but ends up actually she was alive. Um, but so he's just kind of hell-bent on this revenge that he is just like ignoring every signal that Mrs. Lovett is giving him throughout the entire movie. And it's just like, hey, like, you know, you guys have both had your tragedies. Like, look, you guys get along. You got this nice little setup going for your small businesses. Just, just go ahead and be together. But, you know, Sweeney is just so blinded by... Uh, vengeance that he uh, cannot see past any of this and you know think of any idea of a happier life for himself uh, with Mrs. Lovett but the whole movie I mean I'm just sitting there thinking come on like I mean you see her in that dress like come I mean look around you like I mean she is uh, (laughs) the the best thing that you're gonna get uh, especially um, that she is still in love with you um, you know post 25 years in prison and you want to murder people and she goes hey i want to help you murder people as long as uh, you help me uh, with my pies so uh they they should just they should just be together but of course it ends with both of their deaths yeah unfortunately for sure yeah also a a halloween couple costume like hall of famer right there mm-hmm. love their look on the beach you know got sweeney yes. like in the shorts and the long sleeve and she's like in her little dress with the stockings yeah they're they're absolutely uh excellent and icons definitely in their own way for sure oh yeah i mean they they've worked together many a times uh depp and helena bottom carter so you know that chemistry is always there with them so we love to see that um, so for our next category, um, we got uh, one that we kind of combined two ideas that we had had. Um, I, I came up with the name for this one, Dangerously in Love. So we're, uh, we're talking our most chaotic, unhinged, dangerous couples, uh, the ones that you definitely uh, would not want to pick up on their vibe from across the room. Uh, so who do you got here? <laughs> I To me... You know, when I thought of this one, I, there was a few that kind of went through my mind. I I was thinking of um, 
the couple from Last House on the Left. I was trying to be a little cutesy with it. I was trying to think of the deeper cut. But for me, it was kind of like, just go with the obvious answer, man. The answer really to me is Chucky and Tiffany, particularly in, in Bride of Chucky. That's when they're, they could easily fit into another category that we'll have. But I think that their dysfunction as a relationship makes them like a powder keg to where they're just like, they're that couple that you just don't want to invite to a party because they're like, Something's going to get broken. They're going to be fighting the entire <laughs> time. Somebody's going to get roped into it, you know? So I think that the the chaos of their relationship really, like, you know, bleeds into so many other things, you know, for, uh, lack of better words. They've also got, like, a hell of a kill count, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, between the two of them, especially, like, in the later, in the most recent Chucky films, they're getting up to shenanigans together. I think also just the nature of their relationship is really unhinged. Like, the fact that, you know, Chucky kind of, like, brought her into his world, mm -hmm. so to speak, and, like, got her you know, transferred into a doll, mind you. I think just, like, the circumstance of their relationship, the fact that their body count between the two of them is so high they're like the you know the the 20th century uh, uh cinematic sort of like bonnie and clyde even though i guess bonnie and clyde is still 20th century cinema you get my point you know they're also halloween icons so yeah i was trying to be cutesy trying to pick like the you know the deeper cut but i was like the answer sometimes is really just the answer you know and uh, it is the answer because that's exactly who i had as well um, it's really hard to go against them. One, because we also don't have too many, you know, couples that are both icons in their own rights. You know, it's like yeah. usually one always kind of outshines the other. But I mean, especially in uh, the in the past, you know, 15, 20 years, uh, Tiffany's, you know, stock has done nothing but go up. And I mean, whenever she was absent from, you know, Curse and Colt, like that was one of the big, you know, complaints that people have about that film was just like, okay, but where's, where's Tiffany? And we get Tiffany at the end of Colt, but like, you know, not, not enough, you know, we get, we get, we get glimpses of both of them or of Tiffany and both of them, but like, she's not a prominent role in there. But, right. but then with the series, um, they really kind of go more in depth about their background, how they met and uh, the, the, you know, the way that they kind of work together and, yeah, they, they could have fit into another category. I, I initially did have them in, the, in another category that we'll talk, but, um, you know, as far as, uh, is this a toxic relationship? But then again, I'm like, you know what? You guys are both so crazy that I don't know if there would be anybody else for yeah. you guys but each yeah. other. Because at first I was like, is Tiffany more of a, like, Stockholm Syndrome thing? But I was like, but, but they show in the series, like, no, she's pretty crazy on her own and, like, was already... Uh, kind of there and she probably would have uh, been on the road to being a serial killer with or without Charles Lee Ray in the picture so I do think yeah between their body count the 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 iconography I mean I would say um, out of any horror couples definitely the most uh, tattoos uh, would be of these uh, two characters <laughs> yeah, because I mean they sure. like you said the, the obvious answer just is the best answer and the fact that we have an iconic killer couple is uh, very rare in the horror genre also nothing to sneeze at like the fact that Tiffany is so iconic but is introduced like so late into the series like you know relatively speaking the fact that she is as recognizable and as beloved and Chucky but in her completely own way I think is yeah like a testament to their relationship I also thought of like putting them in most toxic 
But because like Chucky, he, he in particular really seems mm-hmm. to be like up to no good. But I was like, well, she's doing her own shit too. But I was like, isn't that what a toxic relationship is? They're just like feeding off of one another in a bad way. But I was like, you know what? I feel like they, you know, they're like again, like Tiffany's not going to work out. I imagine in most relationships, she also brings a lot of this on herself in a way. Like she's you know busting Chucky out of uh, whatever he's holed up at the beginning mm-hmm. of Bride of Chucky and all this stuff. So she kind of brings this world onto herself in a way so yeah I, I don't think that any relationship she finds herself in there's like a a brighter tomorrow grass is greener with some other fucking guy it's like no, no you guys are perfect for each other no like <laughs> like they they are destined even when even when chucky like even when you start to think like oh does he even actually care but then like we see in the series he definitely gets jealous whenever she is like doing her own yeah. thing and like you know Which, without him yeah. And I'm 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 excited to dive into the series. I just recently like caught up on all the films, so I'm still I'm still awaiting to watch the series. So probably hopefully around this Halloween time, I'm really gonna make an effort to to binge the whole thing. Oh yeah, she we we it, it adds a whole it adds a few more layers to their relationship. That's very exciting. So very uh, can't wait for you to get into that one. Um, so next up, we have our best looking couple. And uh, I know you you'd had best dressed and I was like, well, you know, style goes into that as well. But yeah, we're talking. Yeah. So we're talking style, collective attractiveness, just like uh, this is the couple that you want to be a part of uh, on a, on sure. a uh, Friday night. Uh, so who you got here? You know, I don't even know if I'd want to be around these two because I feel like they'd be getting all the love and I'm over in the corner, you know. But yeah, this is really like the senior superlative, like prom king and queen here. I did a few digging, uh, uh, some digging here. I was looking around and trying to like really think of this one, but it ultimately just ended like, who is the hottest couple to where they're both just like super hot in their own regard and they make like this weird Power Rangers mecca of hotness, you know. So I went with Aaron and Kemper. From the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 2003. Mm. Uh, particularly Jessica Biel's character and her boyfriend, the guy I don't remember his name is. He's in 24. But they're both just, like, super hot in this movie, uh, especially Jessica Biel. Uh, she's, like, the peak hotness that she's, like, really been in. Like, she's got, like, the the short kind of wife-pleaser cut-off shirt with the cowboy hat. The movie's also conveniently, like, raining the entire time. Very sweaty. Uh, she, yeah, super sweaty. Uh, Eric B- uh, Balfour is the actor's name plays Kemper. He's in like this kind of like mechanics shirt with like a, you know, a trucker hat and the scruff. And he's also super sweaty in the entire film. And he doesn't last too long in the movie before he gets his face ripped off. Um, but as a, as a couple, I think that they're uh, really like in a movie that is very hot and very, you know, sticky and sweaty and gross. They are kind of like this, you know, epicenter, this nucleus of, of, of hotness in the film. So, uh, that's my that's my pick there. Oh yeah, I mean I totally see it. I mean the the, the sweaty road trip vibes. Uh, it, it puts a particular sexiness on a person, you know, like when you're yeah. just like on, on a trip with somebody and it's uh, very different that way. But yeah, Jessica Biel, the abs are popping. She's in the tank top, pink uh, peak tank top uh, horror here. Oh, and yeah. uh, and and Kemper too. He's got the nice stash. He's got the sideburns. Like he's got uh, he's got some good curls in his hair. 
Um, you know, and both of them, and I like how, uh, you know, both of them have very understated style, but it works though. Like, you know, they oh, yeah. don't need anything besides jeans and a, and a nicely fitted t-shirt. Like I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, sometimes there's nothing sexier than just a nice fitted t-shirt on somebody. <laughs> and, uh, and both of them, um, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, being very flashy in their appearance, but they are just, uh, too, too ruggedly sexy folk. Absolutely. Yeah. And in a movie that is also not populated with like super sexy people, you know, maybe that's kind of the thing is like they're among, you know, Leatherface and his entire family. So maybe that elevates the sexiness there, you know, homie with the glasses is pretty damn cute, too. Who's the guy that like with the the, the, he tries the sheriff tries to get like the make him put the gun in his mouth and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 got a good mustache. I would say he has a better mustache, but there maybe they're the couple that you're kind of like, maybe they should should get together you know you're you're pulling for them to get together eventually oh if they would have made it to their concert and they they all get drunk and stuff oh yeah they were also gonna sleep together everyone in that van yeah, I'm looking at his outfit now. He's got like a three quarter like baseball in the in the in the bell bottoms. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you got the the blonde guy. I'm not loving his haircut, but he's got like a, a tank top, also very sweaty. So yeah, you know it's a it's a good looking group of folks. But I think Jessica Biel uh, and uh, her boyfriend Kemper definitely are are the prom king and queen. I like how we're giving like senior superlatives to a lot of these characters. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, and and mine. I mean, I don't know if this couple would be found near a prom. Uh, because they're just a little too cool for that. And um, this mm. is a another movie that was covered here on the podcast uh, previous to Garrett, um, and that would be Adam and Eve from Only Lovers Left Alive. I mean, when I was thinking of just the hottest couple that I could think of in a horror movie, I was like, it doesn't get much hotter than Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton as vampires. I mean, they just <laughs> ooze cool in this. And, and the, the thing with the movie, too, is like they're a really great couple in general. They, they could have been my ultimate couple of goals because like, you know, just when you think of like the way that they ebb and flow out of each other's lives, they've been together for so long, they kind of understand each other in a way that, you know, no one else is going to because, you know, unless you're a vampire. Um, so they kind of have that going. But then, I mean, from their hundreds of years of existence, you know, both of them are uh, enthusiasts of the arts. And uh, so they have very eclectic taste, you know, they're, they're, you know, they got great fashion, uh, you know, separate from each other, but then when they come together and then they got their coordinating outfits, they both, you know, one wears black, one wears white. Um, they both love gloves. Uh, they're always wearing gloves and they got the, the nice Ray-Bans inside. Uh, I mean, just everything about them just oozes, just sexy and their hair and just like, I mean, they, they just look so good together. And mm-hmm. you're just like, and, and you watch the movie and you're just like, man, why aren't these two dating in real life? Because like, oh, because it wouldn't be fair. That's why. <laughs> um, so so I think of just, uh, you know, obviously vampires are kind of uh, romantic figures in general. And, or, and one of their biggest plights is their loneliness, you know? So it's like the fact that these two vampires like, you know, have their kind of unconventional relationship, but it works for them. I really yeah. love and they just like couldn't be hotter together. They both also have that like we like your vibe sort of feeling of the people who are at the bar who are like you know you somehow get you know swindled into this polyamorous relationship with these two. But yeah, killer sunglasses, uh, a hell of a jaw on the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's funny that I was I was very close to choosing to give like a, a bit of an honorable mention here. Um, uh, uh, Sir Thomas Sharp and Edith Cushing, who are the two uh, romantic leads in Crimson Peak, uh, also. Tom 
Tom Hiddleston. So uh, Tom Hiddleston would have had quite a showing uh, in this one because they are also a very good looking couple in that film. Very well dressed, too. Well, are you were you referring to Tom Hiddleston with uh, Mia Wasikowska or Tom Hiddleston with his sister in the movie? Not uh, the sister. No, I mean because I mean they're they're with, the with, they're the true love story of that movie. Disgusting. Yes, with, with Mia. Yes, I was. It's funny how I was looking through you know uh, uh, rattling my brain with certain uh, horror movies, and there were like not an insignificant amount of like incest in like some of the movies that I was looking at. I was also looking at like you know some Stephen King stuff, and I was like, man, we we could do an own separate list of like Just these a, weird kind of like incestual like mommy son brother sister kind of shit, you know? Oh yeah, there's. There's a lot of there's a whole whole uh, different sector of taboo relationships that uh, definitely could take up a whole episode for sure. Um, I was I was thinking of some of them in in there too, but I was like, you know, for the most part, I'm keeping this about the the pure couples here, right? Uh, yeah. For the most part, because um, the uh, next award is um, the most toxic relationship, and this is just that couple you know should not be together, but we still love them together anyways. Or or there's just, you know, uh, too much keeping them from being a successful couple. So uh, uh, who do you got here? For mine, I chose one that I think is toxic on one side. You know, it's toxic in the way of like you're friends with the with the the woman here, but she's like dating this guy, and you're just like, man, I wish she would get out of this relationship. She keeps talking to me about it. It sounds super toxic. I wish she would dump him. And I'm uh, picking Guy and Rosemary from Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> if you've not seen the film, uh, spoiler alert. A uh, guy impregnates Rosemary while she's unconscious, mind you, because he drugs her, uh, and she impregnates her with the spawn of Satan, you know, because he just, like, volunteers his wife's womb to a sadist cult. So I think that that qualifies certainly as, like, a toxic relationship. Probably not the best thing. Definitely not advised to spice up your love life, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, definitely in the way that, you know, he he is kind of, you know, portrayed as that typical, uh, you know, nuclear family husband. And like he very much throughout the movie, like uh, has to remind her of how thankful she should be and like the position that she's in and like all these things, you know, and like uh, and even though it's like, yeah, on the surface, those are all great things that you're providing. But like also it, she's not in it, though, like, you know, so it's yeah. like it, it, you can't just sit here and. Uh, forcibly tell someone this is a great relationship, isn't it? And it and it work because it definitely does not. And uh, and yeah, definitely, um, uh, impregnate her with the uh with the antichrist is a, a yeah. big bit a, a ten on the toxic scale easily. <laughs> also, he has one of the yuckiest quotes probably anywhere on our list. Where after he has his way with his wife while she's unconscious, the next morning he describes it as saying it was fun in like a necrophile kind of way, and it's just like. Ew, what? <laughs> it's no. so gross, man. <laughs> I mean, ew. I mean, even, even, I mean, no. Like, they, and especially that this movie came out in the 60s, too, and, like, they weren't exploring any of those things. Uh, so to even make that reference was, like, kind of bold, but then also for it to make that reference in regards to what he did 
is uh, definitely disgusting. And, and you feel so bad for Rosemary, you know, just throughout the entire movie of just yeah. uh, being gaslit by the entire town. Uh, but but her husband in particular is just like and you, and you but you get, you know, for for the time period and the position she's in um, that like you, you see how hard it is for her to, you know, kind of leave that relationship. Yeah, even by the end of the film to where it's like still kind of ambiguous of like what happens with the baby, what happens with their relationship. I think that really does qualify as like a toxic relationship where you're like, Rosemary, just you got to get out of there, man. You got it's no good. He's no good. So, yeah, definitely my nomination. But uh, what about you? Yeah, so uh, so I got a little cheeky here and this is one that it's like. They, they, I mean, they don't really even, they don't even have a relationship, but it's like, you know, the potential of it uh, would be incredibly toxic and would not uh, end up well for either of them. And uh, I'm going with Batman and Catwoman from Batman Returns Ooh. Um, uh, because you, you see the, uh, the, the chemistry that they do have together, um, but it's kind of one of those situations of like, um, yeah, when you're exactly like someone, that doesn't mean that you're like good for each other. Like I, I see, a, I, a, you know, I feel like it's you got to have the sweet spot of like, you know, being similar, but also being opposites, you know. And I've seen a lot of relationships and relationships I've been in that when you're too similar to the person on in theory, that sounds like it's going to be a great thing. You're into the same stuff, into the same activities, kind of your brain works the same way. Uh, but then when you kind of have that, it just doesn't work. And I feel like that's kind of uh, part of the reason that um, that Batman and Catwoman know that they like, you know, that this relationship between them wouldn't work together, especially once they do kind of figure out each other's secret identities as well. Uh, they kind of have that that brilliant scene where they're dancing and you see Michelle Pfeiffer crying and oh man yeah. it's Does so that mean good. we have to fight now yeah it's so good. and and so it's like so you feel it and you and they're going through the same things but it's like you know Batman just kind of has a, a little bit slightly more constructive outlet for his feelings but even still when you kind of look at them they're you know dealing with the same problems in the same way and you just know that if they were actually together uh, nothing would really be resolved they would probably just enable each other even more and it would end in an even more bitter tragedy so it's like I love watching um watching that play out uh i like you know the the gothic romance angle into uh the batman returns which does you know have a lot of uh you know dark imagery throughout as well so that's why i'm uh including them in a horror couples category yeah you know they could fit into like a lot of these categories they're also like both really good looking especially in that that dance scene uh, michelle pfeiffer looks excellent even in their like superhero supervillain get up they both look great you also could fit them into the just kiss already you know even though there there is like kind of a sort of kiss with them the the famous like licking and everything so uh, hot that, so hot. so it, it's insane like yes. my, my tv just like starts dripping it's amazing but yeah i am a big fan of this relationship not just in the comedy Comics, of course, but in this movie in particular, I love the way that the tragedy between the two of them is they've been kind of forced to lead this life now. And the two of them are really feel like they're the only people that can like truly understand what it's like. And they're both trying to do similar things of like taking down uh, evil people, people who are like plaguing the city using their you know abilities and powers you know for ill 
but they both just go about it in obviously different ways. Um, Catwoman is uh, a, a villain and Batman's a hero. And how are they going to kind of reconcile that? It's something that has been explored incredibly thoroughly in, in the comics as well, especially like in more recent stuff. They've literally gotten married. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a, a, a love story that's been uh, highly written about. Uh, but I think it's uh, explored incredibly well here. Less so in The Dark Knight Rises, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Less so in that. Less so in the Batman as well. Like this is the, the peak representation as far as live action goes of uh, these two characters, uh, possibly the most toxic aspect of their their relationship is they're more attracted to each other when they're in their alter egos. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like Bruce and Selena, yeah, they, they have the yeah. vibes going and they're into it, but it's like, no, it's when they are in costume and these other personas is like when they're really into each other. Yeah. You know, Batman, because it feels a little dangerous and, you know, he can kind of uh, indulge in it with the mystique and then, you know, her on the other hand, just like kind of uh, fascinated by him as an enigma and uh, yeah. kind of aspiring as him to a degree, but it's like, yeah, they're they're definitely uh, if they're fucking the suits are staying on. I mean, how could you resist? You got the leather, <laughs> you got the whip. It's like it's all there. It's all there. <laughs> oh man! <clears throat> so now we have our our uh, our main our main award, the biggest one. I mean, of, of the I mean the. the this is, I mean, what would be above prom king and queen? This is just, uh, these are the high school sweethearts that get married and have a perfect life, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Um, but these, um, however we um, interpret it, are ultimate couple goals. Um, that uh, the, the couple that you are just in love with, uh, who you got, Garrett? Who's the best? For me, you know, I again, I was trying to go with like uh, maybe a less obvious pick. I, I picked an obvious one and then I went back to the less obvious because it was this one that I remembered and I was just like, I remember really, I, I really loved this film and I remember their relationship being something that was like a particular highlight and something that you see lots of couples in horror movies, but it's usually just like, the boyfriend girlfriend character and the boyfriend gets killed while he's off taking a leak or something like that but this was one that i felt like had a had an air of tragedy to it also was like relatable in a way also they are both very good looking people in their in their own regards uh and definitely is something memorable in a late edition like a pretty uh, uh probably one of the more recent films on my list um i'm talking about mickey and jules from villains uh portrayed by bill skarsgård and uh, micah monroe uh both super good looking people but they really do have this wonderful chemistry together i find them both really sweet there's that hair thing that jules does that i is like really endearing if you've seen the film you know what i'm talking about if you don't it sounds probably pretty weird but uh villains is one that i would say is not like a super super popular movie so i'll try not to spoil it here but i find the relationship to be like really lovely and certainly like it's just like not toxic you know it's just i feel like they're a really good power couple they like go through this terrible experience together they rely on one another they're both like resourceful uh they're both funny uh they're both also have like really cool styles yeah so i i think that they're like definitely goals they're a little bit more rebellious than i am uh but i find them to just be really endearing and you know something to aspire to devon Intriguing that you really like this movie because you brought uh, this movie up in Movie Math a few episodes back um, yeah. that you are a big fan of it. And uh, I really enjoyed this movie as well. Um, they are a very, uh, very endearing couple. I mean, their their chemistry just right off the bat, like, was I bought into it immediately. 
uh, between them. I mean, yeah, Bill Skarsgård and Michael Monroe, gorgeous folk. I mean, just, I mean, look at them. And, uh, <laughs> but the, I mean, there are like, you know, so many like very interesting, like cute moments throughout this, you know, perilous situation that they're in. Like, I remember there's like one scene where they're, they're tied up and like Michael Monroe's character like comes up with like a, like weird idea and then like does a line of coke and like Bill Skarsgård is like hyping her up to like like yeah. you know encourage her through this idea that she had to like help them escape and I was like yeah this is actually like really sweet in a very weird way you know but like that is like the best couples you know when you have uh, your own like little ways of showing your affection and love for each other and like you kind of see yeah. that throughout the movie as they uh, kind of deal with this situation and and I mean, and when you're in a, a situation like that, if you're going to be with somebody, you know, you want to be with somebody that, you know, really, truly has your back no matter what. And I mean, like seeing this is like, like after you go through like that situation, like I'd be like, hey, let's just go ahead and get married right now. You know, it, oh, cause, for sure. Because you even still felt it before, you know, they're dealing with the situation. But it's like it feels like that situation like reaffirms like their love that they are like, no, like because like they kind of have some, you know, bickering and doubts between each other at certain points of the film but it's like no they like at the end of it they're like no like I, I fucking love you and like that's that and uh they're a very endearing couple so yeah I highly recommend checking out villains yeah it's it, it was streaming on Hulu once upon a time who knows if it's still there but definitely one uh one of my favorite uh another kind of like horror comedy definitely some dark comedy elements that does have like this romantic sort of center to it and it is I think really crucial to the film uh yes. like you you watching this movie wanting to root for these characters and root for them as a team i think if you didn't really enjoy them as a couple or you weren't really you know emotionally had this like kind of tethering to them i could see how it would just be like yeah i you know sure i guess i want to see them get out of this but i think it's precisely because of them as a as a unit you know you're really really pulling for them oh yeah it like makes so much sense within the story because obviously like you know they're dealing with another couple as well and they very much serve as a nice dichotomy to each other that you're like you know, you even have some, you know, you, you see how sweet they are as a couple and then you see the older couple and you're like, oh, I wonder if they were, you know, they were this yeah. way at some point. Um, and you and you kind of have a layer for that. So, yeah, very crucial to the movie itself. But then also uh, just, uh, yeah, great looking people. Very cute. Great chemistry. We love it. Absolutely. Um, what about yours? So, yeah, I was uh, I was down. I mean, it, I, it, it was basically down to two couples for me or well, three couples. And uh, and one of them, I was like, you know, again, another big obvious answer. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people are gonna be screaming, "How did you guys talk about ten couples on this list and not mention Gomez and Morticia?" Uh, but here's the thing: yes, they are a great couple together, but I love them even more because they're also great parents. They are like ultimate family goals to me, like sure. even beyond couple goals, because that's part of the reason I love them is that they are like fantastic parents together. So that's yeah. why I was like, you know what? Like, yes, they are a cute couple, but I love them as a family more. So maybe uh, a different list uh, down down the line for them. So so that's why we have not talked about Gomez and Morticia, guys. We know, we know that. Yeah, well, definitely an honorable <laughs> mention, and but uh, and I'll I'll throw out one more before I don't want to spoil your pick. But I have another. It's like it's another like how could you guys not mention that? So I'm curious to see what your uh, ultimate goal uh, choice is. Yeah. So my ultimate goal, um, again, this is to. Uh, uh, two hot actors uh, together at their peak hotness. 
Um, this was a couple that filmed this movie together while they were dating. So, of course, you got that authentic chemistry. And it is um, not what a lot of people think of as a romance movie, but above all of its many subgenres of sci-fi horror, body horror, it is a, a very tragic romance. And that would be Ronnie and Seth from The Fly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one, I mean, the hair alone on these two is just phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. Gina Davis from 1986 through like the 90s is one of just the most attractive people ever. I love Gina Davis so much. But um, but yeah, you know, even though they do have a very tragic, you know, ending, um, the movie, you know, you are just watching these two people that are similar but very different. You know, they both are very curious and driven people and they kind of find each other in a way that, um, you know, they are so different from each other, but can also help each other. And, you know, you've you've had that romance when you're you know working on something with someone and you kind of have that shared thing to have, you know. Um, so as you're watching, um, you know, Ronnie covers Seth's discovery and like kind of film this thing and they're falling in love together. Um, and at first you think it's like, oh, yeah, she's doing it like it, like playing on the classic reporter trope of like, oh, I'm going to use my attractiveness to get the story. But it's like, no, they genuinely fall in love together uh, throughout their interactions. And uh, it's just very sweet. Like they just have such yeah. sweet moments and the way that they celebrate joy together, the way that, um, you know, like Seth, you know, romance isn't on his mind a lot of the time, you know, but, it, you know, it still creeps in. You know, he can't ignore it uh, as a as a person of science. But then like, uh, you know, so it's like it's not it, it just never feels forced. Uh, it works out really well. I like that they even. Uh, we see their relationship and then we see the ex come into the picture and then he has an arc himself too. Uh, yeah. It's all very healthy in, in a way, you know, minus the part that like, you know, if this uh, accident didn't happen, that would kind of push Seth's hubris, you know, past its mm-hmm. limits and to this tragic ending. If that didn't happen, you know, you know, the, they would have become, you know, the next like ultimate power couple. They would got famous for his story or for her story, for his findings and they yeah. would have had just like the perfect life together. And and that sucks, you know? Yeah. That's what makes it so tragic in a way. And like you really feel their connection and feel their relationship. So when you see what happens to, to Seth, it's like the horror on her face is something that makes that movie mm. just so sad. Like that movie is so freaking sad. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, one of my favorite like body horror films, but it is uh, really heart wrenching. Uh, the other one I alluded to uh, also featuring Gina Davis is Barbara and Adam for Beetlejuice. Um, <laughs> I think that they're obviously like a really classic pick. Another Halloween staple. Um, Beetlejuice is like in my top 10. So that was definitely uh, on my mind as well. I just don't know if like, I don't know if Adam brings as much to the table as Barbara does. I feel like Barbara is like the real star of that mm-hmm. relationship. And Adam's there, too. You know, he's got his models and everything. He seems pleasant. And I love how they're like that dual income, no kids. And they're happy with it. And they're like, fuck off. I'm going to live in my little house yeah. and paint in my, paint my little models and get out of here with your, your kids and your urbanization and all that. So, yeah, Gina Davis is certainly in our hearts. She's an absolute star. Uh, I love uh, all she brings to. Uh, Hollywood on screen and off screen too yeah I mean of course yeah they they were also on the table they were on my like master list of couples that I was like kind of just listing off while I was thinking of stuff 
Yeah. And uh, and it was very close. But again, like, yeah, uh, there's just uh, uh, I find Seth uh, a lot more interesting than Adam. Like you said, uh, for sure. M, M is kind of uh, the, the flatter one of the group. But like, yeah, they they have their little um, very like kind of very American, you know, wholesomeness to them versus yeah. I do like with Seth and Ronnie. It's like that that, you know, that just very new passion um, and like and, and just like really like like, you know, feeling that like instant connection between them and instantly buying it. Like, you know, so just uh, different representations. But uh, yeah, we love Eugenia Davis. Uh, you know, uh, she could have even been there from Thelma and Louise in a weird way. Um, you know, that movie also has a tragic ending, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely lots of uh, tragedy <laughs> in the Gina Davis's uh, filmmaking endeavors. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Seth Brendel is definitely a workaholic, but who can blame the guy? You know, <laughs> he's trying to like, you know, stop this train from crashing. He's like, my body is deteriorating. So you don't really get to see their relationship like, you know, fully blossom throughout that film. Uh, definitely a really, again, tragic ending to their uh, relationship. Who, who, you know, what could have become of them? Certainly. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think we had a we have a nice sturdy list. We covered, I think, uh, most decades. So we have a nice little spread going of uh, yeah. if, of movies that you guys can revisit if uh, you you know you want to be in the romantic mood um, as we uh, continue on this month uh, talking M Night Shyamalan films. But uh, I just uh, need to have a little extra romance in my life for this month. Absolutely. And let us know. Uh, you guys can obviously uh, hit up us. Uh, excuse me. You guys can uh, let us know and hit us up on Twitter and let us know who are your favorite horror couples. You know, uh, you can be talking TV, books, even. I would love to know what you guys think. And when love is in the air and horror, who do you think like best represents that? Yes, yes. Please let us know on social media. Speaking of which, Garrett, what are you working on right now? Uh, you guys can follow me on uh, Letterboxd and TikTok and uh, Twitter, just at Garrett McDowell. Uh, I'm going to be uh, watching lots of uh, uh, spooky stuff and uh, catching up on some things from last year. So if you guys are interested in hearing my thoughts, you can follow me over on any of those. Uh, if you want some more podcast stuff, you can subscribe to my uh, Star Wars podcast called Scum and Villainy. Um, we are got new episodes coming out every Thursday, uh, so we'd love to have you over there. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Daddy Disco uh, over on Letterboxd, keeping track of all the things. Um, no uh, new podcast appearances right now, but I do want to just uh, give a shout to uh, go check out some of our previous horror romance movies uh, from season one. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, talking the Love Witch with May Leeds, was a really good one. Uh, we talked some sexy vampires. Uh, with uh, The Hunger and Only Lovers Left Alive together. And uh, we have a few more other ho horror romances that uh, you guys can go back and listen to. And, of course, uh, most recently, our Bones and All episode was a very fantastic one as well. So yeah. go back and uh, listen to those episodes. But now go ahead and do it for this week's episode of The Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted. <laughs>